You've tuned into the Bellingham Podcast for the week of November 15, 2020, episode 171. It's a palindrome episode. From that soon-to-be-locked-down city by the Salish Sea, I am AJ Barsay. And Radar Madam, I'm Adam. This is Chris Powell. On this episode, we are continuing our Quarantine Chronicles uh, number, I forget. It's just been so many. Uh, All I want to do is zoom, 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 zoom in the (laughs) podcast. This, ladies and gentlemen, is a remote, socially distanced, still affectionate Bellingham podcast. Well, Chris, I guess we're back in studio, as it were. How you doing, buddy? Uh, to, to take an Aerosmith song, we're back in the saddle again. How's it going, AJ? Well, the weather outside is cold. We've got some headlines that we're going to cover in a little bit. But uh, yeah, for everyone who's listening in, and uh, we're back on Zoom for a multitude of reasons. Uh, we're recording this uh, Sunday, actual, the day that this will probably go out, Sunday, November 15th. And uh, yeah, so... Chris, we were off the mic for a little bit because life occurred, as I said on our station break. That's my that's my term, and you used it well in this case. There, I actually had an opportunity. You know, I my my podcast plate is is overflowing as of as of recent. Uh, the, the the big plate, the shiny titanium adamantium. Uh, unbreakable plate that is a Bellingham podcast. <laughs> Vibranium, uh, yes, Wakanda forever. Uh, the Bellingham podcast is forever. Uh, I've also had my solo project of the Canvas Insider for all the ed tech nerds out there. But I had a recent opportunity to be a guest on a new upcoming start of those young kids uh, the, in, in the single digit episodes uh, for the time being, uh, the Whatcom Dads podcast. Uh, the other Chris, the cooler Chris, the more handsome Chris, uh, and Nathan and Mark, the three hosts for uh, the Walking Dads podcast. Guess what, AJ? They've officially arrived on the goods list. Uh, oh, welcome aboard. They had, that's right. They had me on as a guest and uh, from a step-parent perspective. It was a great conversation. And uh, there, there's a little bit of dragon going on as well. So uh, a, a, whole lot of, a whole lot of great content and got a link to in the show notes. And for the love of uh, Mr. Almighty Jim Cornette, drink. drink. That's right. <laughs> uh, and I think they were in some aspects on the Walking Dads podcast. But uh, I had a great time. And uh, like I said, at the end, continued success, uh, amigos. I'm glad to have another Watkin podcast in the feeds on my podcast app. Yeah, no, that was a good episode. As a matter of fact, I'm going, this isn't in the notes, but I, I did listen. And the one takeaway that I did get from that, that I think is applicable, whether you're any kind of parent, mom, dad, stepdad, mixed family, however you would wish to identify, is that you made mention that you initially um, uh, tried when you when you had your little shrimpy, uh, join the, you joined the family or mixed the family together. You uh, at first tried to like parent like you were parented because you're like, yeah, I turned out okay. And then immediately there was this little thing that snapped and you're like, oh, this isn't working. <laughs> like, and you know, I thought that was a really good piece of advice. Absolutely. And uh, you know, you, you have to go through it before you can uh, have that little click in your mind. Uh, you know, the, the, the first few years, uh, of, of a blended family coming together. It ain't the Brady Bunch, yo. Uh, problems are not being solved in 20 minutes plus commercials with uh, a, a cool housekeeper uh, preparing all the meals. Hi, Alice. Uh, but, you know, what we had to do, we had to do some, uh, all of us had to do some work to make the family uh, stronger uh, through the adhesive of life, all of the, all the stickiness of life. 
I love that analogy. And life gets sticky. And uh, what, unfortunately, how you were parented, AJ, by, uh, you know, pops and um, moms, uh, <laughs> your, your folks, not, doesn't necessarily apply to your little shaver. And uh, the more that we can throw out that book of parenting and realize that uh, your little one who is cute as a bleepity bleepity bleep explicit tag, uh, your, your little one needs to be parented in a different book that you and your wifey are currently writing. Writing, yeah. My wife and, and you know, chapter, what is, what is it, four, five, you know, six, uh, yeah, four. Um, my wife and I had to completely uh, reset the book of, of parenting and go according to what was applicable to uh, our little one. So she's not as little right now, uh, but if you right. check out the the show, uh, I, I was lucky to be on episode five of the Walking Dads podcast and it was a great time. Uh, they know what they're doing and they're going to have a whole lot of great guests on the show. It's not just for dads, uh, moms in the house or other parents in the house. Y'all can uh, lurk listen in if you wish, and uh, maybe get a couple of tips and ideas to consider for future, uh, future family needs. All right. Yep. That's, uh, th- that's why I was a little AFK, AFM, AFK. away from microphone, away from podcast, whatever acronym you want to use. But AJ, you alluded to this in a couple uh, episodes. We allude to this, obviously, in many episodes that uh, should you be on terrestrial radio, let me actually not mumble that. If you're on terrestrial radio, you might be listening to us on KMRE 102.3 FM. They're community powered and community streaming worldwide on KMRE.org. That's right. And the internet is one of the places where you can listen to them. And us, Saturdays at 3 p.m. Oh, my goodness. It's it's still going on. They still like us. They really like us. But yes. uh, anyway, AJ, you did a whole lot of uh, data resurrection, consolidation, reclamation, restoration, uh, whatever yeah. else I got going on. Talk about it. So, so the, the preface to this, and this do- dovetails into back in the mise en place when we, we did that episode. And if anything, the pandemic has kind of shown me, not just as a technologist, but just as a digital citizen, is that we have taken for granted what the internet and specifically all the services the internet wishes to provide us for a uh, a bivy of of prices and opportunity. And what I mean by that is we've gotten used to things like having free email. And, you know, you and I have talked at, at nauseum um, for four years about the, the cost of what free means on the internet. And I'm, I'm changing that narrative just ever so slightly. And it's something that I have to attribute to my wife because she actually picked on this um, and and coined this term. And I think it's really applicable now, even more so with, with COVID. And it's it's this concept of digital bartering. Um, we, I think we need to kind of rec- recognize when we get something for free, we're actually bartering digitally what, um, what that service is providing us. So for instance, in the case of Google um, or any of them, I'm not picking on Google, Apple, whatever, whomever, um, they give you something for free uh, in return, you do get something out of it. You do get a service. You do get a, you know, uh, reduction on the cost of the device or whatever. Usually, a whole lot of convenience, uh, a whole lot of convenience as a, as a world class big five free product that you are uh, signing up for. Exactly, and that it's it's that cost that I think um, 
I kind of wanted to bring to the forefront of what we are actually getting because uh, people are getting fatigued. You and I have seen this in our, our day jobs that people are getting fatigued and uh, with regards to a lot of these services and specifically having to up the cost. Um, for instance, we'll pick on Zoom, which we are full disclosure recording on today. Um, you know, like we did get the pro version for free for a while. And now as the pandemic grows on, like now people have to quote pay for the pro service. You know, what were you getting in that time frame? So that that's kind of the notion that I want to bring in because I'm going to hit on something that I think is near and dear to everybody's heart. And that is storage. I think we've all gotten used to like, oh, we just pay the $9.99 a month for iTunes or we pay for the however much it is for Prime. Uh, what's Prime membership? $130 a year now? Depending on a single family, student, whatever have you. Let's just say $120, make it 10 bucks a month. It's a nice a round number, kind of like a bagel. So yeah, yeah. Uh, let's try 120 <laughs> a year, 10 a month. Sure, sure. And then on top of that, like, um, and this recently hit me times two now, um, Google has announced that if you're in the Google Photos sphere, PS, and by the way, everyone, you might want to read your email because starting in December, your unlimited free photo and video uploads has changed. <laughs> you Merry now Christmas. Have you now have unlimited uh, photo uploads and video uploads, reduced resolution. And uh, if you are doing that full resolution, you will have 15 gigs of uh, your combined Google Edge that will be decremented. So, Chris, I decided to harness our inner um, unofficial tagline to the, the show, and that is I'll go first. And I decided let's bring everything home. And that's why I wanted to name this one Belling Home Your Data. Bellingham, Belling yes. Home Your Data. I like and that title, by the way. Yeah, and and what would it cost? And bear in mind, I am I am negating the fact that yes, uh, I am a professional technologist, so yes, a lot of geekery had to occur. But here's the thing that I, I recognize in this project: there is no Mister Fusion. Quite frankly, if you are paying the monthly thing for whomever you use, Amazon S3, Backblaze, whomever, you're paying for not just storage, but world class, quote unquote technical support to make it work. There is nothing on the market, Chris, right now, that is the Mr. Fusion of getting your data home safely, securely, and speedily is the key part that I want to hit on today. In the words of Dr. Emma Brown, that's pretty heavy. Yes. To use the other Back to the Future reference. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just going to be, I'm going I'm to harness my inner Michael J. Fox right now. Right now I'm in the beginning of the first video and you just see me cranking up the dial slowly. Yeah. You see me putting on the shade. I got my guitar and we are going to slam the stack here. So the, what we're going to be talking about is network attached storage or DAS, uh, direct attached storage and versus hard drives. This is all something that we are used to. As this pandemic progresses on and on, more and more of us are going to use more and more storage. Where the heck are we going to put it? And more specifically, how much, how much stuff do you already have up there that you forgot about? So I'm also going to be tackling this from, I think, probably the most pertinent side of our data storage, and that is photos. And I'm not talking as a pro photog here personal photos like that is our memories our digital memories you have secured in a bevy of places do you know where it's at do you know how much it is like that was eye-opening even for me because full disclosures as a pro photog i manage over four terabytes of professional data okay for the rest of us that don't know what the heck uh, pro photog does that is four thousand gigabytes plus of yes. files of 
those cute moments, those uh, high quality graphics, 4,000 gigabytes, y'all. Yes, that is every every portrait shoot, every bridal shoot, every uh, event that I have shot professionally. That's what I've got that I um, store. And we've mentioned this on the show. Chris, you, you take the same approach where every year for years on end, we just go out usually on Black Friday or, you know, back to school and we get a new drive and then we get mm -hmm. the, the mate to the new drive. And then we send those drives off so that, that, that we're doing our 321 backups yep. until for me. This year, I got a bad mate. So I got two drives, two four terabyte drives as usual. And my master drive was great. The brand new out of the box one was not. And that's what sent me over the edge. So a network attached storage solution is basically, instead of having these bevy of drives where you have these, you know, like even off on camera right now, because I've got drives everywhere, you centralize it into a little computer um, that manages those drives for you. It's called a server. That, that's all a server is, folks, is a little computer that manages drives. By the way, I, uh, by the way, an Apple TV is a little bit of a computer. Uh, a, a Roku stick is a bit of a computer. An Amazon Fire TV stick is a bit of a computer. It runs an operating system. It does things for you. You just connect some uh, hard drives to it and it can do wonderful, magical things. Go ahead. Yeah, so so when we talk about a, a NAS or a DAS or a server, it's not a big, scary technical device because you, you already deal with it. Uh, like Chris said, like you just take uh, something that has an operating system and then you attach storage to it. That is a server or a NAS, network attached storage. So there's lots of brands and I have no affinity to any of them. Full disclosure, I, I've pretty much used all of the ones I'm going to be listing. Um, and in no particular order. I think they all have their merits for different applications. But the big names that you'll hear um, is Synology, QNAP, Drobo, and WD MyCloud. And Chris, I think you and I, like I said, over the years, I, I don't think there's a single one of these that you and I have not worked on over the years. No, I've, I've worked on all four of them. And uh, I will be happy to throw some of them under the bus and yeah. uh, and and to talk positively positively about some but AJ uh, this is your baby <laughs> cuddle it keep going so, um so a lot of these what 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 you're looking at is when you look at a, a NAS you're looking at two avenues you want to store your stuff securely and also get access to it and it's the access part that you're going to be paying a lot extra for, to be honest, because like we just said, like to buy hard drives and hook them up or have them on a computer that we call a NAS and put it on your network. That's really easy. That, that's the easy part where you have to be a geek is to secure the access so that you can remote get into it. And that is where Amazon, Google, Apple does a really good job, that convenience factor, because you're paying for somebody to do that for you. And by doing that, by allowing others to take care of that for you, uh, kind of like the mechanic taking care of your car, you're paying a price uh, in for these big companies. They also have ways, if they're a rogue employee that has access to stuff, they could theoretically have access to your information and your data and your precious memories. AJ, you are taking the route where you are going to be the mechanic, the creator, the maintainer, the owner of the keys to the kingdom all yourself, which is a daunting task for a lot of folks out there. So so when you roll your own, as, as Chris and I usually say, um, I'm gonna start from the bottom and kind of work my way to the top because like WD MyCloud, okay? This is a very simple, 
um, it looks like a little book, to be honest. Okay, it's a little little plastic book that is basically one or two hard drives that are in a, a computer unto itself, ran by the, the, the kind folks over at Western Digital. And really, um, even pros use this. Like, I know Philip Bloom um, of renowned CNN and just documentarian uh, extraordinaire. Uh, sup, Philip? Uh, big fan. So like even he endorsed this uh, as a way to migrate all of your me mega mega collection of drives into a single place so that you can at least just see what the heck you've got. Um, and then it has some cloud accessibility stuff that is pretty user friendly. Like uh, it's not pretty, but it's user friendly. I will say that it's not pretty. It is user friendly though, um, where you can access your, your stuff on a mobile device. Um, and it's probably the, 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 the cheaper route to go by. And so the, the, the starting gateway drug to getting this, this process of belling homing your data is you have to get it all to you. Because the thing that I recognized, Chris, is that I had Google, I had Amazon, I had uh, Apple, uh, I had even Box.net back in the day, and Dropbox. Uh -huh. So I was consolidating all of that, okay, to the tune of myself and my wife and also her Google and whatever. So you have a multitude of accounts. And so I consolidated all of that, Chris, and I recognized that after all of that, do you want to take a guess at how much data of photos? Because again, I'm only hitting the photo side, personal photo side that my wife and I forgot. Like we took all these pictures. Oh, they were super important to us at the moment. The that sandwich back in London that we hadn't looked at because we don't care anymore. Do you know how much data that we had? 125 exabytes. Oh, that's nice. No, we had close to 400 gigs. That's a lot. 400 gigs. And that is across multiple iPhones, some Google phones, all those photos. And there's duplicates, triple, quite octuplets of, of these photos because after a while, you're just, as we change services or we change devices, they get re-uploaded into new things. And culling that, you have to get all of those sources, bring them down and get it on something like a MyCloud or a big burly hard drive so that you can start culling it so that you can get it back down to a manageable size. Even when I did with all of my tech food, Chris, um, and a $9 app off of the uh, Apple uh, uh, app store called uh, Photo Sweeper, which I would recommend if you're on the, the Mac side of things, it basically went through all of that 400 gigs and culled it down for me, showing me all the duplicates, showing matching the sizes, the pixels, the ratio, because you don't want to delete like a good quality photo and then just keep the, the, the lower resolution stuff. <clears throat> Google, I'm looking at you. And then on top of that, the naming conventions, Chris, like some of these services put them in folders by date. Amazon doesn't. I'm just going to stop there before I rage. Mm -hmm. And so trying to organize this was a huge hassle, but the biggest thing that I had to start with was getting it home, getting it on a server or getting it on a hard drive itself so I can cull it down, that first culling. Sure. And once you do that, you may realize, okay, well, holy, holy moly, AJ, like 400 gigabytes is a lot. That's a lot more than I have on my iPhone. You're right. That's yeah. why we need to get it in front of you. Because if you don't see these memories that you thought were so important, why are you keeping them? You need to recondo this stuff, okay? If it doesn't, if that photo of that pint that you had in London doesn't bring you joy, then why are you keeping it all these years? When I am dead and gone, do I want my son to deal with the, that 400 gigs of stuff that he's not going to care about? It's that. He'll probably one. have a 
he'll probably have a hologram that he can kind of look and and with his hands swipe uh, in thin air to be able to move things and touch a photo uh, when when that uh, technology takes a quantum leap. Uh, but, but here's a question though I have for you, AJ. Hit me. Um, so I, I, I'm speaking for uh, a lot of uh, my friends, a lot of my colleagues, uh, you know, some dear folks out there that are just kind of like, where would I begin? Uh, I know that I have a, I, a ton of photos on Facebook. I know that I printed out a whole lot of photos on Costco's website or Walgreens's website. Um, I don't know how much photos I've had, but I've had about five years that, of, of, of uh, using a smartphone, you know, that have taken all these photos. What sh where should I start? Like, what's something that is a non-techie way to get started? Honestly, even before looking at these these other NASs that we're going to talk about, at, tell yourself, you know, instead of upgrading to the next whatever device you're on this year, spend that money towards a big hard drive. Okay, that's that's where I would start because you're going to have to have that hard drive running for a while, and hopefully you have and also take a little a part of that money and bump your internet speed so that you can download all this stuff because. Remember, I just said, folks, I had 400 gigs of stuff. Even the big bad Google has to break that up into 50 gigabyte zip files for me to download, folks. Okay. Yeah. So to get it to get it back home, you know, it's going to take some time and a little bit of resource. And like I said, instead of going from the, I'm going to pick on iPhone, folks, from the iPhone 11 to the iPhone 12, instead of spending that thousand dollars on that, spend a couple hundred dollars on a hard drive that's going to home all of your data and then also the internet speed so you can get it that kind of helps matters out yeah i agree and so totally. so once you once you get it and you do that culling then you can look at doing a nas so like i said the my cloud's kind of the bottom of the barrel and i'm not saying it's a bad thing it's just the more affordable option and easy to use option then you've got you may have to expand storage and that's where you look at things like drobo you and I are going to bite our tongues quite a bit on this because we've had some bad experiences with that brand over the years. Yeah, I had a bad experience <laughs> with a Drobo and that's all I'm going to say about it. But it is a company that makes network attached storage devices. Yes. And to their benefit, <laughs> it can run very fast. Yes, it can. <clears throat> so the reason, why we're biting, well, the reason why we're biting your tongue. Um, so when you look at network attached storage, you're going to be moving away from uh, BOD and I don't mean bring your own device, bunch of drives. Because when you have drives together, there's a lot of different formats you can put them in. One of the common ones is called RAID and know that is not a D&D &D term. Or a bug killer product. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So what RAID allows you to do is use the drives um, kind of more like a record. So instead of having uh, drives one, two, three, and four, and all of them are two, 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 and two, it sees it as a big group of uh, eight, but just like a record, it writes simultaneously to all four of those bays. And when it does that, you get some extra protection of redundancy. So should a scratch in your record happen or a drive fail, you can take that drive out, put a new one in, and it knows the grooves to the left and to the right of that scratch, and it will heal itself. That's a great way of putting it. So when you, that's the benefit of having RAID. And you can have uh, the more space that you have, uh, the more drives that you have, the more um, RAID numbering you can have. I'll, I'll just leave it at that, where you can have one drive fail, two drives fail. Um, and that takes more drives and more space. That's all I, I'm going to go on that part. Um, Drobo has their own version of that. 
moving on. So yes. the other ones are QNAP and Synology. And um, I've, I've, I've set up several of these. Um, and where these come into play is that you get the expanded storage and then expanded web services. Because the other two, they're really for getting, again, getting your stuff home so that you can see it, be present with it, and start culling what is really ding-dong important to you and what's not. Beyond that, you need to, once you have those big box of storage and you sort the stuff, getting access to it again, because that's what you're paying for. Like I can grab my iPhone, I can go into my iCloud and boom, I can start doing documents, I can do videos and whatnot. And QNAP and Synology are really the, the main players for doing that type of stuff because you can turn these into your email server, a VPN, your video streamer, and you can do it all on your local home so that nobody sees your stuff only, except when you're on your Wi-Fi or if you are a geek and you are, you are safe and secure in how you do your stuff, making it so that your home NAS is a web server and you can access your NAS anywhere in the world, just like the bigs. It's, it's a great way to be able to uh, own your data. And uh, more and more, we've been talking about this for quite a while, uh, weird things are afoot. The temperature is increasing in the, in the uh, online free platform pot if you will. And we're not the Lorax uh, just yet. Uh, we're not saying eject from, you know, like goose from top gun. Uh, but we, we want to raise caution that stuff is occurring in the, in the internets, in the world, and how the companies are starting to, uh, how they're taking care of your data. It's not just like uh, one of those wonderful neighborhood book exchange, uh, you know, little things where people bring a book or take a book or something like that. There's a lot more to it. And I think we are wanting to, you know, like some of you may opt to lease a vehicle. You don't necessarily own that vehicle. It's not yours. It, you know, the, you will be returning it uh, someday. Uh, owning a vehicle has its merits. Leasing a vehicle has its merits. We're, from a technology standpoint, we just got to, you know, raise some awareness as we approach 2021 that uh, your photos, you may want to have a, a the Barce Games quarter quell and uh, to go through and eliminate some unnecessary as uh, unnecessary photos and files as tributes uh, to your previous online activity. Well, and the other thing is, is like when you do do that, you get more, I, I, from, from a photographer standpoint, you get more connected to what is actually a meaningful image. We have gotten so used to just gun running and gunning with these things. And on top of that, I'm also going to throw Apple under the bus. Those live photos that you all take, that is a photo and a little quick time video that gets taken every time you do that. So you now have to manage yourself if you go this route of managing those little videos and those photos. And it, I'm not gonna just throw Apple under the bus. Some of you may remember Blackberry, actually, I don't know, Palm or Blackberry, I can't remember who, originally re released the Zoe. That is actually what this technology is really based off of, where you have these living moments where it was just like, you know, an animation plus the photo, so you can get the, mm. you know, motion effect. So this isn't a new concept, but again, think about what media you are making. Um, and that takes space, it has to take, take space somewhere. So let me break down the cost for everybody. So I went down this road and I, I and by the way, um, if you're listening to this and the one thing that you checked out on me, you're like, oh man, AJ said security. I don't wanna deal with that. Look, you can buy a NAS um, and this is how I operate. You take that NAS, you plug it into your network, you move all of your stuff to it. And when you need it, you plug in that ethernet cable 
um, or if you're on an Apple, that dongle and Ethernet cable to it. And that's the only network you touch. You're actually turning your NAS into a DAS, a direct attached storage solution. And that way, you don't have to worry about the apps or the web server or anything like that. It doesn't touch the internet unless you physically plug it into the back of your router for like system updates and stuff. And that takes the scariness out of this, really, because basically it turns the power and, and, and the benefit of putting it on a NAS where you can get searchability because the NAS is its own operating system. So you can get indexing and searching and you get that Google-ish thing where it's like, Chris Bellingham podcast 2016, which I did, Chris. And I hmm. find that picture of us drinking coffee back in the day on the Letter Streets. <laughs> Shout out to Letter Streets Cafe. You know, Hi, Letter Streets. Um, so like, it's things like that where you get that benefit where, where if you have a diaspora of storage solutions on drives up in the cloud, you don't know where anything is. So getting it home so you can search it, call it, do that stuff. And then if you're worried about security, don't plug it into your router unless you need it to update or for when you need it to be remote. So like, let's say you're out and about, we're all home these days, uh, for most of us, um, major props to all of our people that are essential, you know, keeping our society going. Um, but you know, you can plug it in when you choose to, as opposed to when you lease it to all of the bigs, it's up there and it's connected 100% of the time. You get that choice. So for me, I spec'd out a quad core, four gigs of Ram, big burly NAS with 12 terabytes of storage that is rated to 10 because I want that redundancy. So if a case of drive fails, that is an estimate, folks, of over $1,000 I dropped. That is one iPhone that I dropped so that I could belling home my data. To give people an idea uh, of, of the type of burliness of this uh, spec that you did, is this a Honda Insight, a Nissan Leaf, a Toyota Prius, or a Tesla X-Type? Um, I would, I, I actually, I would say it's more like a Tesla three Model 3 series. It's, it's okay. more accessible, but I got a couple of trim packages on it. All right, so this is the upper scale, if you will. Uh, you know, you've heard of like the slow food movement. This is the slow data movement where you have to you have to wait a, just a, a slight, you have to have a little patience to get to your stuff, but you have all your stuff is the difference. Mm-hmm. And for me, as a geek, it took me over two weeks, two weeks, Chris, to locate everything, cull everything, populate everything, secure everything, and then scrap it all over, do it again because I'm a, a geek and I want to make sure I did it right the first time. So it took me a better part of, I mean, we're solidly a month to get everything up and running and migrated um, so that I can cull my stuff. And now I have, now it's just pretty much ubiquitous. My wife is just, you know, overjoyed. It's like, oh, where's that one video of, of our, our child, you know? But again, I want to remind everybody, even as a geek, without paying the time and energy and knowledge that this brain has, it takes $1,000 just to get going to store my professional side and my personal side and secure it and get access to it. And then on top of that, that doesn't count again, the backing up so that it's remote because now I have everything in one pot. What if something, the house burns down, Chris? You know, it still doesn't get you away from having to have an external source for your, your data, but getting it in front of you so that you have control over it. And that way if policies change, whether it's Google or Amazon or whoever, it doesn't impact you because you have control over it. You're owning it as opposed to leasing it. I like that analogy. Absolutely. So that's that's my belling home for home, belling home your data. So uh, we're going to segue to what would have been Bellingham Bingo. However, uh, if we were a new show, we'd probably do it better. Absolutely. 
At the time of this recording, uh, Governor of Washington State Jay Inslee has uh, had a press conference with regards to uh, the COVID-19 cases here in the United States, specifically here in Washington State. And Chris and I are not going to have a Bellingham bingo because um, I'm not going to report the news, but I will report a headline from the Seattle Times. Uh, quote, Governor uh, Inslee orders sweeping restrictions on indoor gatherings, restaurants, bars, gyms, as COVID-19 cases surge in Washington state. So I think we're going to go with um, the letter I and just uh, be informed because yeah. uh, I don't think you and I want to give a recommendation if you're not going to be able to get access to it. Um, stay in tuned for what's going on. Is what I or say. choose a letter N in the big O card for news, or choose G for governor, <laughs> or O for over, over, uh, over, over, over gosh. Yeah, that's a good one as well. So anyway, let's talk about some quality assurance, shall we? Yes, yes. So the last bit, of course, is our favorite bit is these picks have been picked for you, dear listener, by AJ Barsay and Chris Powell for your quality assurance. Chris, what do you got? Uh, I, <laughs> I, I, I subscribe to a number of videos on the YouTube and, uh, or, you know, the, some vloggers and such. And uh, I had to chuckle at uh, the latest one from the minimalism documentary director and uh, a minimalist YouTube vlogger. Uh, his name's Matt Diavella. And Matt's a, a wonderful guy. Love to have him on the show. Uh, if you're listening, Matt, uh, I know we'd have a great conversation to talk about minimalism, but here's the latest one. Uh, got a link to this video in which Matt Diavella fully entrenched in all of the latest and greatest, uh, Mac related software upon the release of all these new products, iOS, uh, you know, iPhone 12, uh, iOS 14, all the new products, uh, the new the new M1 chips on the MacBook Air, MacBook Pro, and Mac Mini. He's decided to downgrade his iPhone for a flip phone. An Alcatel and, flip phone, I noticed, by the way. Yes, an Alcatel flip phone. And, and boy, we love those Alcatel flip phones. So basically, um, I don't know how many episodes ago we talked about this, but hey, guess what, Matt? I went first. Uh, <laughs> I wanted to see when the Nokia remodels of 2019 yeah. came out, I got a with little candy bar. Yeah, with the colors, the candy bar type phone. Um, and I wanted to see if I could eliminate my smartphone. Uh, and I do recall upon setting things up, putting my SIM card in there, I could make a phone call. That's great. Uh, text messaging, game over. Because... <laughs> Because if we can, th- if those of you who can harken back to the days of the flip phones, text messaging somebody where you had to hit the number three, three times, Five. yes, to get the F letter, um, not having maps, not GPS, not having my music nor my podcast, just make phone calls and somehow deal with text messages. I lasted 24 hours. And I put things back. I'm like, this is not sustainable for where I'm currently at. So good luck, Matt. <laughs> Smoochie boochies. I hope it goes well. Love to see you in 30 yeah. days. You got one for a podcast that you uh, recently listened to. Yeah, dude. So this one, oh man, I, it has been a long time that I stumble upon a new podcast and I have been binge listening like none of huh. Interesting. This is this is a show called The True Spies Podcast. And a couple episodes back, I mentioned I love, like, I love spy versus spy stuff. I love James Bond. I love The Man from Uncle. Like, I love, I love espionage. I love the notion of 
not like, you know, you know, wooing women and drinking martinis and shooting the bad guy. But I like this notion of what spy and espionage is and the counterintelligence side. And um, I, I just love that notion of psychology and policy and government and disendowment all in one package that is still going on today. Like it's, it's, it's not just a plot point. This is a real life thing. And so True Spies um, is, is hosted by these two wonderful uh, women out of uh, the UK. And they go into the in-depth stories of real life spies and real life spy moments and getting in those, those first person accounts um, from these retired espionage uh, agents. And so we're listening, uh, we can get stories from like the Cold War. I listened to this episode where this Cold War agent uh, from our side had to go up on the other side of the Iron Curtain and then get himself into this uh, manhole to physically tap wires because at the time the Russians were, were making like missiles and that was the, they were making the first communications hub between the city and the research facility and the U.S. was going in there so that we could get like what was going on with those nuclear stuff. Like the level of what has to happen, it sounds like something out of a James Bond film, but this already happened. Like this is this has happened. And they also go into other avenues of counterintelligence where they had uh, the gentleman who was the the, the real black Klansman, uh, what that film was based off of. Just just a whole bunch of different stories, and re and listening to it, you're just going how how would i react in those situations and that's what's cool about this podcast is that they do take moments of like okay and i'm gonna do my best british accent sorry ladies but um now imagine that you're in this manhole and you have only 35 seconds to tap these wires what would you do as you hear footsteps above you do you think you could pull this off what are you going to do and then like they give i would check my instagram feed personally <laughs> There was no Instagram during the Cold War, but no, it's just, <laughs> they, they put in natural breaks where as you're listening and you get enthralled in it, you're like, well, I could do that. I could do that. And then they, they throw in a monkey wrench of like, no, this really did happen. What would you have done? And it's that cool notion where you kind of have a little bit of uh, participation in the show, which is kind of cool. So anyway, true spies. I can't, I can't recommend it enough. It's some really good listening. Very good. Now, so here's a pop quiz, AJ. If I'm thinking like I'm down in a manhole, like when you ask this for critical thinking, I'd be looking around for a fork to try and <laughs> to try and cross those wires to try to make them all connect and things like that. And speaking of forks, wah, wah, wah. that wraps it up for this 171st edition of the Bellingham Podcast. Thank you again so much for listening to us, rating us, reviewing us wherever and what manhole you might be listening to us from. Remember, if you are in a manhole here in the Bellingham area, you might be tuning in to us over the terrestrial radio or tapping some sort of nuclear pipeline on KMRE 102.3 FM. They're community powered. Wait, that was my manhole voice. They're community powered and streaming all over the internet at kmre.org. Let's wrap this one up, AJ. Hit it. <laughs> Honestly, from hopefully the uh, not too locked down city by the Salish Sea, I'm AJ Barce. And I'm Chris Powell. Thanks once again for joining us on the hilarity, chaos, and madness that is the Bellingham Podcast. Dude, I got to work on my uh, lead in with the, the whole stick of fork in the show thing. I'll work on that for future episodes. Cool. <laughs>